Today, part four, only one more week in this grace series, Healing Grace. You know, this summer, I did a series called Hot Topics, and I came up on a week. The topic had been planned like a month or two before, and it was on racism, and that week we had a lot of anarchy in Detroit or somewhere in the nation, and I preached on it. I thought that was God's Word, and so I've been going through this series, and I was thinking, Healing Grace, and, and then the Lord reminded me this week, what a great season to preach about healing grace. We're going to look at so many aspects, but then I thought about our nation. And would anybody believe or agree with me that our nation needs healing in the name of Jesus Christ? Man, there's so much divide, and I'm, I'm praying, God, bring us together, unifies. You know, it's like when the church works together, it's unified. When a nation works together, it's unified. And when it doesn't, man, there's all these deep hurts and rejections. And I was reading this thing about just the divisiveness, uh, how divisive we've become and reactions. And, and, and let me just say this, and if this steps on your feet, so be it, okay? <laughs> I've never been known to be a politically correct preacher. Unfriending people on Facebook and all this because you don't agree with me and I don't agree with your mama and all this stuff. Let's just get over that, okay? Can, can I help some of you? Some of you, and somebody hears my voice, might do well to not go on Facebook for a season. <laughs> Or you might do well not to comment everything you think. And the church said, you know, Jesus gave this thing called a filter. And I, I think social media has eradicated the filter. And the body said, he's preaching good right now. Somebody said, he's meddling. I wish he'd quit. Okay. Sorry, I'm just going to tell you how I really feel. I, I got a Facebook account. I got on that years ago. And it was like some kind of drug. And I had to get off. And then I... I'm on it, but it, you just get overwhelmed, and, and there's a lot of good, like the story we're telling, telling of Gideon. Man, that, that's a good thing, and guys, Gideon is going to be in the hospital till January till he has his surgery, okay? Surgeries have not gone well, and he's had to have three different procedures, and the right side of his skull is not, they've had to take off, and they're going to come back in January, and yesterday was having a good day, this morning he's not having a good day, so let's pray for our friend Gideon. Just write it down there and just keep praying for a little five-year-old that is so dear to our hearts. Well, here it is, healing grace. Psalm 147, verse 3. It's right across the top of your outline. Why don't you just read it with me while you stay seated? He, God, all right, all right, I went he, he went God. Okay, hey, this is for us. Thank you, Doug, for helping me. This is for us to do in unison, okay? If you don't do it good, I'm going to make you stand up. All right, sit up, sit up. You know when your teacher used to say, sit up, sit up. Okay, sit up. Here we go. He, God, heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Man, y'all didn't want to stand up. Y'all said that really good. Well, how does God heal us? How does God fix the wounded spirit of man, woman, boy, or girl? One of the ways that God does that is that God tells us in Scripture how valuable we are, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. He tells us throughout Scripture about how he values us so much that he would give us life for us. And, and I love so many Scriptures that give us hope. And, and then through that hope, we're able to find healing for the inner wounds that we might have. In this room today, when you have this many people gather You've got people that are wounded. Even if I got in a really small group, people would go, if I am transparent with one another, there's damage in my soul. There's been greater damage. I'm, I'm in a progress of healing. I just got healed. I'm whole now. I'm on my way. 
I'm just angry. I'm just mad. I don't know what it is. But God, heal us. Come in this place. Wounds that have been inflicted on you and me by our parents, by friends, by colleagues, by fellow church members, by other believers, I don't know, by your spouse. Some way we just get wounded and we get disappointed. And, and I would say in this life, you're going to get disappointed. I mean, that's just the way it is. But thanks be to God who gives an everlasting source of hope, a source of comfort and joy. God is a healing God. Do you believe that today, church? God heals. He heals those that are humble. He heals those that cry out to him in desperation. And I just think, how great is the need in our church body for physical healings and people like Gideon and others throughout our body that I pray for on a continual basis? It's for you, Miss Gloria, that I pray for your healing, and David, and I pray for Larry Wells, and I just pray for different ones throughout our body. And then we have those short little interruptions that uh, maybe you have a little sickness temporary, and we pray for your healing, and there's those inner uh, wounds that, Lord, we just need a touch from you. And it's that work of inner grace, that work that you just come near and then you just heal us. And yet, somebody today needs emotional healing. There's some shame in your life. And I don't know what the situation, and I could go to guessing, but I won't. But shame has paralyzed you. It has isolated you from the body of Christ, and it's time to come home. Amen? It's time to come home back to the Father. It's time to come back to church. I, I run into people sometimes, and they go, I was wounded by the church, by this church, by that church. I was wounded by Christians. I was wounded by what? I'm saying, let's lay that down at the foot of the cross and celebrate our oneness and our unity in Jesus Christ. Does that God tell you, folks? You're looking at a wounded warrior, <laughs> and I'm looking out at some wounded people. And if you haven't got wounded, guess what? You get a turn, too. You're saying, oh, man, I don't, I don't want to stand in line for that one. You know, some people here have unbelief. You go to second guessing everything about the things of the Spirit, about the things of the Lord, and your circumstances are good or bad. And, and God just wants to heal us of uh, the sin of being selfish. And I won't ask you to raise your hand because if everybody's honest, everybody in this room is selfish at some uh, dimension, at some level, and God wants to heal them in our life. And some of us in this room... I will include myself in this camp too, are stubborn. Do you turn to the person? No, don't do that. <laughs> You're saying, Pastor, you were preaching about healing grace, and then you told us to turn to the stubborn people, and they slapped me in Jesus' name. That would not be good. But we know we have some stubborn people in here, right? And that would not be us. That would be them. And always how we say, those stubborn people over at Ryan Road. Those stubborn people in my office. Oh, let's get personal. Those stubborn people that dwell in my house and sit at my table. Stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. Okay, I suggest you bring a mirror to breakfast tomorrow, okay? Here it is. A song, one of these songs I heard was Healing Grace. Healing Grace, show me more of your healing grace. Fill my life anew as I worship you for you, your healing grace to me. God, that's what I pray this morning. I've been praying this all week. God, Bring a spirit of healing over our body if there's any damage from whatever. And there is, because we come in here from all different parts of our community, and we bring our baggage. Like, you know, if we could see in the spirit, this morning, some of you brought an 18-wheeler in here full of baggage. 
And like, you're all over my stuff. And then some of you brought like just a little carry bag because you're all nice and neat and you got this thing down and you got this little carry bag, you know? But it's baggage. Would all of you agree today at some level we have some baggage that we bring around in life with us? And that's what I love about the altar. People lay baggage down and many times they walk off. But I have seen this spiritually. I see it a lot. They walk back up here after the service and they pick it back up and they give me a fake smile and they walk out. And they don't get whole. They don't get well. And Jesus wants to do something about that this morning. So how does God heal a broken heart? Just write down this thought. Haven't got to the outline yet. I'm just preaching. By change the way you think. You and I get healing because as a man thinks, so is he, says the Scripture. And we have to have a transformed, renewed mind according to uh, Romans 12, 1. And that mind is renewed by the Word. I love LeBaron Boone. LeBaron was on the video. He was that good-looking guy in the library. And LeBaron said, and the Word of God reigns. And I wanted to go. I'm probably going to preach next weekend. That was a good word, LeBaron. And that's the word. God's word needs to reign supreme. Would you agree with me, church? And that's how we overcome. That's how we heal. But if we don't use God's word, we don't change our thinking, we're in trouble. Now, how does God see me because of grace? Just a few ways I'm going to tell you here. Because I'm acceptable. The scripture says, Christ has accepted you, Romans 15, 7. You have been chosen by God himself. I like that thought. God chose me before the foundations of the world and God chooses you first Peter 2 9 from the living Bible says even if my mother and father forsake me the Lord will receive me and you know what I don't know if there's anybody today but there have been many people that have come in this room and they've been rejected by their parents or by a parent and it hurts but the scripture admonishes us it says the Lord receives us Another point is I'm valuable. You belong to God. Ownership determines the value of something. God owns us. God has bought us. Therefore, we are not our own. We've been bought with a price, the precious blood of Christ. I love that, 1 Corinthians 7, 23. Another thought was I'm a lovable. The scripture says in Isaiah 54, 10, the mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. So says the Lord who loves you. The mountains may crumble. The mountains may fall into the sea, but I love you with an everlasting love. Write down the word everlasting love and circle it, and then go look it up in your Bible this week and see how many times the scripture talks about the everlasting love of the Father. It will blow you away. I love when I see that in Scripture, that, Lord, you love. And you don't just love conditionally or temporarily, but you love with an eternal love like only a God like you. Here's another thought. I'm forgivable. I am the God who forgives the sins. I do this because I am him, and I will not hold your sins against you, Isaiah 43, 25. I love the fact that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just and he will cleanse us from all manner of unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. I love that Jesus says, I forgive you. And you're sitting there going, man, I need the forgiveness of Christ. I did a service Friday morning. The man was 93 years old. He was an old neighbor from when I was growing up. 
He's worshiped with us over the years. Big guy. Had the biggest hands of any man I've ever met in my life. Bob Moore. Love Bob Moore. And I was just thinking, and one of the things that was so tough for Bob, and we would talk about it, and, and this other preacher said he talked to him about it, he always had a hard time grasping that God could forgive him. And then one day when he finally said, now I embrace that. God can forgive me. Wasn't it a good day when you realized that Christ could forgive you for all your sins? Now, wait a minute. Was it a good day when you realized Christ could forgive you for all your junk? Yes. Well, yes. y'all didn't hesitate on that one. Bunch of sinners. I'm going to look for a new house. Man, I don't know, man. I don't know what. No, no, I'm kidding. Hey, hey, I'd be the first in the line going, man, woe is me. And here's another point. I'm capable. God just a verse would be Philippians 4.13, and then Amplified. Listen how the Amplified, it kind of adds here, it, it kind of exhausts the verse. It gives, it doesn't add to the text, but listen what it says. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That is, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Don't you like that? You say, no, I just like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I like being infused with the power of God. How about you? And that I'm capable in Christ. And that, that God of hope that we talk about in, in from Romans may fill us with all joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you just flood this place? Would you just rain down on this room with the Holy Spirit and heal our hearts and give us healing grace, Lord, where our hearts just feel maybe empty, compromised, we need an abundance this morning of your presence and your power. Lord, we need to let walls fall to the ground. Lord, we need to let the light come in. We need the light to permeate the darkness in of our hearts that somehow we can reveal the manner, the righteousness of the risen Christ. Jesus, come and fill this place, the dark path of my mind, Lord. Your grace, we talked about in the last few weeks, my grace is sufficient for you. Do you believe that today? His grace is sufficient for you. I know it is for me. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. And he says, and to them I will give the Spirit, and living waters will well up in them. Oh, God, let the rivers of the living water of the Holy Spirit well up in believers in this place and across the land. That's going to bring healing to a nation is the Spirit of Jesus. Not the spirit of man. The spirit of man divides every time. <laughs> Amen. Because we choose different things. And, you know, you, you don't hear me up here. You never hear me being political. I, just, that's, I, I decided a long time ago, I was going to preach the resurrected Christ and Christ crucified, buried and raised and ascended and coming again. Now, I have personal views, and I share my views, and people ask me, but at the end of the day, I have got to preach the exalted Christ. He trumps all. He is ruler. He is Lord. Amen. That's all? Amen. He's awesome, isn't he? That's who I'm talking about. That's who I want to boast in. I'm going to boast in King Jesus, and he's the one that's gracious. His grace never diminishes. It never changes. And that great devotional, if you've ever read Jesus Calling, it's really good. One day it said, your weakness and your woundedness are the openings through which the light of the knowledge of my glory shines forth. My weakness, just write down the word weakness and woundedness. That's where Christ wants to shine. 
And you know, the last time I checked, we're a weak people without Christ. We're definitely a wounded people because of what we bring on ourselves and what people do to us and what we do to others. But grace wins out. Grace wins against hurt, despair, pain, depression, guilt, worthlessness, hopelessness, hopelessness. How many of you believe that grace wins every time? I believe it does. Grace is that unmerited love of Jesus. That he just wants to fill my heart afresh this morning. He wants to fill yours. I know he wants to fill the heart of America if we would just turn to him. But let's look here because I want you to see this. Some five steps for releasing the Lord's healing grace through prayer. And I'm going to do these kind of quick because it's, at the end of the day, I'm going to share steps. And you say, well, techniques. But let me just tell you, just circle it. Jesus heals. It's nothing that man or any man's ever said is going to heal. But it's Jesus. And or John, I've always loved this passage. And I make people mad and counseling, but I always go, do you want to be well? Do you want to be whole? That's what Jesus asked. And I figured if you can follow Jesus, that's a good word. But here it is, number one. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You want healing grace through prayer? You just got to fix your eyes on the king. You got to set steadfastly your mind, your heart. You got to dial down deep, quieten yourself, and just say, Jesus, I want to focus on you. And I want to forget about everything else. And I want to make you the obsession, the worship of my life. And I know we have our being and we move and we do things and we don't constantly run around with this mindset, but we constantly need to be filled with this and be renewed by this and come back to this as a fixation point that we go, Jesus, I fix my eyes upon you. I just think right now, in your situation, what you're going through, and you need healing in your life, you got to fix it on Jesus. I mean, he's, he's the one that heals. The second point is simply this. Invite the Holy Spirit's power to invade the person. Invite the Holy Spirit's power to invade your life. You need healing this morning? Invite the Holy Spirit. The second or the, the third part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, invite him just to come and to invade your being and have his way. And how do you do that? One of the things is, you practice keeping short accounts with sin. You know, you want to know the method of my madness. I'm letting you all know now we're having communion next weekend. Some of you need a head start. Okay, I thought that was funny. It's not funny because it's, it's not just like, man, you bunch of sinners. Okay, but here's the deal. You, you want to get your heart right. You know, in the Bible it says they took communion, they did it in an unfavorable way, and they died. And they didn't do it worthy unto the Lord. We're not worthy. Christ is worthy. But you want to confess your sin. You want to get it out. So I want you to know, and, and I came to this concept several years ago. We had this guy that was Greek Orthodox that used to come here. And he would fuss at me when I didn't let people know we were doing communion. I thought, man, what's the deal? He says, I need a week to get ready. And, 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 I, yeah. and, and I've often thought about it. So next weekend, teenagers and young adults and old adults and medium adults and whatever adults, and, it, and it's kind of sad. I used to be the middle-aged adult. Now I'm approaching that other. But anyway, I'm still staying the middle-aged adults. But anyway, whoever, get your heart ready. Invite the Holy Spirit. And a, a second thing is practice offensive prayer if you want His healing power to come. Pray the Scriptures. Have daily Bible study. Have your daily times with Jesus. Lord, I just want to invite you to invade, to come, to bring yourself. And the third one, listen to the voice of God. I did a whole series. Y'all remember uh, a few years ago I did a series, and, and uh, uh, Blake and Jeff built this incredible prop for me. I had my chair was transformed into the chairs like the voice on TV. 
and I talked about how to hear from God. I think it's online if you want to go back. Powerful series about how do you hear God. Well, here it is. When you want healing in your life, you need to make sure that you hear the voice of God, that you hear him today. Lord, I need to hear from you now. Lord, I need to hear from you this morning. Lord, speak a word to me. Help me to understand what you're saying. Something to that nature. Make that a part of your prayer life. But Lord, speak to me because your servant's listening because, Lord, I'm yours. And I love it when people say, God spoke to me this day. Today, God spoke to me. Now, I'm not saying they spoke to him audibly and, key, wrong parking space, move your car now. I mean, that would be so cool, and I just would crash into the building if that happened, you know? Like, man, God spoke. I mean, God's never spoken audibly to me, you know? But God speaks to me through my spirit, and primarily God speaks through his People are always saying, I never hear God speak. God never speaks to me. I said, well, I wouldn't speak to you either. Your voice is annoying. No, just kidding. God never speaks to me. And I always ask the question, do you read God's word? Well, uh, kind of. Been thinking about it. Uh, I go to church and I hear you talk about it. Well, that's a good start. That's not what I ask you. Do you read God's word? If you want to hear the voice of Jesus, you got to spend time in his love letter. Amen? Lord, speak. I love when I read Holy Scripture. Man, so many times God tells me and reveals to me my heart and the nature of my heart and my sin. Many times he reveals his love. Many times he reveals principles to follow. He just reveals himself through scripture and he speaks to us. And so, and then when he speaks to you, just write, put in parentheses, obey. Because I think when you just ignore, and God probably doesn't speak very much. Because he's like, you're not willing to do the last things I told you to do. I mean, if somebody tells you to do something, you don't do it. Don't you ignore him? You're like... Man, moron. No, I mean, no, you don't say, you just go, look, they, they just don't listen to me. But when God speaks, God, give me the, the courage. Give me the supernatural strength. Lord, no. Give me the desire to obey you. And they'll know we're disciples by the way we love one another. And because we obey God, we prove to be his. The fourth one, I think it's good. Pray as the Spirit leads. You want healing? pray pray often pray all the time pray without ceasing lord just it's a relationship so lord i need to talk to you and lord i'm taking up prayer i'm taking up a prayer walk i'm taking up a prayer closet i've got a prayer room i've got a prayer chair i've got a prayer truck i've got a prayer something just find a place to run to jesus amen Hey, guys, I sat there and did this funeral of this 93-year-old the other day, and this guy had loved Jesus, and his passion was prison ministry. And, I, and, then, and then they ended up, it was on Veterans Day, and he was a World War II vet, and then they ended up coming in and doing the Battle of Him the Republic, did taps and everything, and I was just, man, I was just like moved, going, this was a warrior for our nation that fought for our freedoms. But then I thought, but ultimately he found the ultimate freedom in the personal relationship he had with Jesus. That's all I want you to have. You say, well, Keith, I want you to pray that I would have favor and prestige and position and money and cows and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, I, I could pray that. I just want you to know Christ. He'll take care of the rest of that stuff. Amen? So, Lord, help us. And, and look at the fifth one. Here it is. Laying hands on the person in the need of healing. Somebody was like, I got no problem laying my hands on people. No, no, no. You're, you're sinful, okay? No. I'm talking about scripturally laying hands 
of tender mercy, laying hands of grace. It's one of the great joys of being a pastor. And there's a lot of downside of being a pastor, and there's a lot of upside, but one of the great joys is people always want me to hold their hand. They want me to pray with them and pray over them and agree with them. And I love laying hands on people because it's scriptural and it, it honors and and you just, you, know, you just reach out and you take the hand of a person and you're humbled and you're humbled under the throne of heaven. And you invite God to invade with his resources and with his power. You invite God to invade with his love. So we lay hands on one another. All through the scripture, Mark 6, 5, he could do mighty work. He could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. And he had all the power, but he limited himself, and that was Jesus. And he just laid hands on them. He touched the people to minister his healing power. And the disciples would go out, and they would minister in the name of Jesus. And the power of Jesus would flow through them, and it would touch the people. And I could just give you scripture after scripture. Just go home and make a study of the Gospels. When Jesus began to touch people, the, the recovery of the sick through the laying on of hands in Mark 16, 18, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, I love that. And this is what the disciples did. And that's what he calls us as disciples. And sometimes we lay hands on people and, and they don't recover and they die. And then sometimes we do lay our hands on them and they recover. All I know is this is a Jesus thing. There's no magic thing, but we follow the teachings of Jesus. Right, church? And we lay hands on people. I don't know why people are afraid to lay hands biblically. And, and we'll talk about that at the end this morning. I think this will make even more sense to you. And then in James chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, and I've talked through James a couple times in the first 21 years of our church. Wow, that sounds weird. 21 years. It's our 21st fall. Can y'all believe that? Some of you are like, no, I've been here 21 minutes, and I'm thinking about leaving, but yeah, okay, no. 21 years for me. Ah, that's a long time. Here we go. Is anyone among you sick, says James? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord, in the prayer of faith, will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. All I know is, and then he talks over another, another place in James. Uh, turn over there in your Bible with me. Turn to James 1.6. I want you to see this. James 1.6. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. It's a prayer of faith. It's not some wishy-washy, pitiful, pathetic prayer. It's a prayer of confidence. It's a prayer of boldness in Christ. And then turn just a few pages, James 5, verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has sinned, he will be forgiven Somewhere in your notes today, I just write down the prayer of faith. That's what Jesus requests. That's what Jesus requires. He just wants us to pray great prayers of faith. And I'm hoping some of you are going, man, I, I, I want to get in on that. I want, I want to receive that. I want that, that uh, in my life. And, and then I think comes the anointing through that. Now, let me just uh, dismiss this because some of people freak out when they hear the word anointing. They're going, man, what kind of church is this? <laughs> A Christ church. You know what the anointing means? It means, just here it is, it's a release of spiritual power and I pray for it every day of my life that I want an anointing on my life I want an anointing on your life as followers of Jesus that there's a release of the power the life of Jesus through you to touch a broken world isn't that what you want church you say I didn't even know I needed it but that's what I want well maybe this morning somebody would pray that and they would ask Jesus for that and he would begin to move in their hearts and just as Jesus made a point of contact and he would touch people the power of God would be released 
Oh, I could go through so many scriptures with you, but I like what Isaiah says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. So the anointing was given to preach the gospel to the poor in the day of Jesus and today. The anointing was given to heal and restore people. The anointing was given to restore and proclaim freedom to captives. The anointing was given to open the eyes of the blind, to set people free. It was given to proclaim the Lord's favor. This morning, that's my prayer, is I'm proclaiming the favor of Jesus Christ over this place. This day, November 13th, 2016, may the favor of the Lord fall over us today. Amen. I need that. Man, God, I need you. I don't need any rhetoric. I, I need the gospel. I need a means of grace, as Wesley would call it. At the end of the day, we have a, a need for healing. I'm grateful for doctors and nurses and, and health care professionals. Anybody in this room thankful for them? I'm thankful for their, their studious minds and their hard work and their hard work practice and how they care for people. And God uses them in the healing process. And, and I'm all about, let's go to the doctor. And you go see a doctor, that's good. And you go see a practitioner and a nurse, and they heal, and they're good. But ultimately, all healing is divine. Healing comes from the Lord. Amen. But, you know, some people are like, well, you know, if you just had enough faith, you'd just get well. Now, let me tell you something. You're sick. You, you're, you're about to die, okay? You need some help. You need to go to a physician. God has given us the medical community. We need to pray for them. And some of you are like, I got no problem praying for them. They're my best friend. I go there five times a week. Well, we probably need some other prayers for you too. Okay. It's like when my mom was living. I'd say, I'd call her, go, Mom, how you doing? She goes, I've been to five doctors this week, and I got six for next. And I'd hang up, and I'd go, I'm depressed. And I guess as you get older, you know, it was a good thing. She was going to the doctor, and they were helping her. But anyway, just another story for another day. Here we go. The prayer of faith. The gift of healing seated in the grace of God. I read this thing. There, there, I love Max Lucado, great writer. He's written more books than anybody. And uh, he wrote a book called Before Amen. In chapter 5 he goes, These days I pray more as I write. Not eloquent prayers, but honest ones. Lord, I need your help. Now, I can get in on that prayer. Lord, I need your help. Father, my hand is stiff. The discomfort humbles me. I'm not Max, the author. I am Max, the guy whose hand is wearing out. I want God to heal my hand. Thus far, he had used my hand to heal my heart. Then he goes on to say, he will heal you, my friend. I pray he heals you instantly. I pray that he chooses to heal. He may choose to heal you gradually. But this much is sure. Jesus will heal us all in an ultimate manner. Wheelchairs, ointments, treatments, bandages are confiscated at the gateway to heaven. God's children will once again be whole. Well, I guess you've ever been around a wheelchair, have you? You never had a bandage, have you? You never had a shoulder surgery, have you? You've never had a neck pain, have you? You've never had whatever. Yeah, man. How many of you look forward to heaven when there's no more pain and we're whole? I see none of the young people raise their hand. They're like, man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling so good. I'm fixing to go eat lunch and I'm fixing to go eat 22 tacos today by myself. And I'm going, man, you're sick. Okay, here we go. 
I don't know why I said that. I don't know, whatever. All right, here we go. Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. So our attitude toward healing this morning. Lord, I just want to find healing in you. So a couple of points are going to come up. Number one, see yourself as God sees you. It's just important. Is there a screen here? Just see yourself as God sees you. God, how do you see me? I kind of rehearse those with you, but I'm acceptable, I'm lovable, I'm forgiven, I'm valuable. God, I want to see myself as you see me, that I'm made in the image of God and that I have a purpose. Secondly, place grace beside every destructive thought and negative reminder from the past that threatens you. You know, folks, some of us have destructive thinking, destructive patterns, We've got, as I said earlier, we've got to transform. We've got to renew our minds. We've got to place grace beside this. Lord, thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Father, thank you for loving me with an everlasting love. But Lord, I want to see myself. I want to place grace. And third, I want to meditate on the healing truths in your word on a daily basis. See, if you begin to read the scripture and just Google the word heal or whatever, You'll find a lot of verses, and God will just begin to give these to you. Lord, I want your healing in my life. In Psalm 30, verse 2, I think it'll come up on the screen. Psalm chapter 30, verse 2. Is it coming up? Here it is. Man, the back screen's doing something funky today. I don't know. It's like it went to a message I preached a few weeks ago, and it just threw me. Can I just tell you all that? It was a weird experience. Okay, here. We're back in this body experience. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you forgot me. You know what it says? It says, Lord, you, you healed me. I love that concept. In Jeremiah 17, 14, I think Jeremy's going to come to the piano on this. Listen to this. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one that I... For you are the one... Yeah, praise him. Praise God for your healing. Healing is on the way. You say, well, Pastor, my, man, my body hurts. Guys, my back hurts so bad the last three days. I don't know what it is right now. It's hurting. And I'm going, praise you, God, in the pain. And, you know, it's just, hey, it's just part of it. And, man, when my feet were hurting months ago and I was getting shots in my feet, oh, it was a wonderful experience. I was going, heal my feet. And I thought my feet were bad, but my friend here, Charles, how many surgeries now, Charles? Twelve surgeries on his feet. God told me, Keith, quit being a whiner. I look at Charles and just go, I love this guy. He'll walk in, say, my feet hurt so bad. I'm going, I'm sorry, Lord. Please don't let me go through what Charles is going through. He's my hero. I love him. So it's time for healing. Here's what I want to do today. I want to end it a little different. I just think there's a lot of need for healing grace in this room. So I want to just hold out a few. Jesus is the great physical healer of the body. And today I think some people are going to need some healing in their body. They need to be prayed over. So, Tim, I'm going to invite you to kind of slide out with me. If you'll get over there and get the anointing oil over on the thing. Jesus is the great spiritual healer of of the soul. There could be that today some people need to receive Jesus Christ personally as Savior and Lord. You're separated from God. You need Jesus and you need your soul to be redeemed. You need to be born again. You need Christ today. 
man, would you make that your prayer? I've been praying, God, wake this place up. Save many lives. Third one, Jesus is the great healer of relationships. There are people who came here today, and you've got messed up relationships. And Thanksgiving is coming, and you're getting ready to go to the doctor and get some medicine because you are freaking out. Ask Jesus to heal some relationships. Some of you came this morning, and you're wounded in your heart, your emotions. And they're doing a number on you. And you need Jesus to heal your memories, your your scars, your pain. Some of you this morning came in, you were full of fear, and Jesus needs to break the fear in your life. Some came and their finances are broken. You need Jesus to heal your budget. You need him to heal your mind. You need him to heal your finances. And some maybe came in here and you're fatherless. You're an orphan. You're a widow. You're a widower. You need Jesus to heal that part of your soul, your mind, your emotions, because he's good. You just need the healing grace of Jesus. So here's what I want to do this morning. And we've got time to do this. I just think in the simplicity of these quiet moments, if you can just kind of pull this down. Let's just make the room a little bit darker. Go ahead. You you can put on down. This is like bright. You you can pull me down. I, I just... I just want you to let Jesus break in and have his way. So this morning, this altar is going to open up, okay? And I'm going to invite some of you to be courageous today. And I, I touched on something that you need Jesus, his healing grace, to fall on you. I invite you to come. And some of you are scared, and I invite you to take a friend and go, will, will you go with me? I want prayer. I want to be whole. And then some of you need to ask Tim this morning as an elder of our church, you need to say, Tim, the Bible says call on the elders and they'll pray for us. And you have great faith. Would you pray for me? So, Tim, if you'll just come a little bit this way, if you would. Slide to me. So right now, church, you're not responding to me. You're responding to Jesus. Would some of you come and would you just begin to move out of your chairs? I, I feel like some of you right now, everybody just stand. Everybody stand. Make it a little easier. Everybody stand. And some of you just begin to move. Come on, church, in faith, begin to move toward your healing. Jesus is here. And some of you, you don't need to stay where you are right now. You're stuck. Come. Come on, church. Let's come to this altar.